Welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast. I'm Ryan here with Jeremy as always. Yo, what's up? First off, how's everybody doing out there? Not that you can answer me back, but just extending my suit. Thanks for tuning into the show. We uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, We do have, for anybody in the southwestern Michigan area, like Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Portage, even, I guess, if you want to drive a little, Cadillac, shit like that. Like, we're going to be at Bell's Brewery on May 21st. Uh, we've been invited by Satellite Records to come down and be one of the vendors at a show that they're doing there. I believe it's called Vintage in the Market. It's at Bell's Brewery in the back room. Um, the address and everything is all posted on our Instagram for the podcast and also for the record store. If you're down there, come check it out. Buy some records from people. Uh, we'll have a Noise Avocation podcast banner on our tables. Yes, um, feel free to come to the uh, meet and greet where we'll be signing autographs <laughs> and kissing babies. Shaking babies. And Shaking babies. I don't even know how to sign my autograph. If somebody asked me for an autograph, I would be like, are you sure? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you really want me to write on this thing? Yeah. I wouldn't know how to how Ma'am, to please put your boobs away. I do not want to sign them. <laughs> I am not John Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It'd be... Uh, Maybe that's what we should sign, like... John Bon Jovi? Yeah, just sign, sign John. Sign John Bon Jovi? I used to sign Adam Kirchhoff on things I didn't want to <laughs> sign my own name on. Shout out to <laughs> fucking Kirchhoff. Uh, that's funny. But yeah, if, if yeah, you're we're down gonna be there, down there. If so. you're down there, check it out. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. There's vendors of all different genres of music that are bringing stuff out. Um, there's stores. There's collectors individually that are selling things. There'll be uh, t-shirts. You can grab beers and stuff from the brewery while you're down there. We'll be bringing um, things out of our personal collection. Yeah, I'll have a handful of hip-hop duplicates and stuff that i'm getting rid of and then i got some metal stuff and then i got a bunch of stuff from the store we're kind of bringing down a mixed bag of things so it'll be some metal some hip-hop jazz some rare things some more expensive items couple autograph things yeah we pretty much cover everything from you know you want to spend two three five bucks all the way on up 45s too I'll yep. be bringing down I'll be bringing a lot of those. couple boxes of 45s, and then I did um, make a little crate of, like, really good drum breaks and drum loops and stuff that I've been putting together just for fun at the store. Uh, but everything, like, 45-wise is pretty cheap. I mean, there's yeah. lots of deals where there's, like, grab three, get them for this amount sort of thing. So I wish I had, like, a little turntable to set up so people yeah, could, could play, play the shit right there, but maybe somebody else that's there will. I don't know. I haven't been to this show. You know, that that gives me something to think about. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Social media stuff, you can find me at Soundwaveslave on Instagram. You can find me at DaggerFaceDuval on Instagram. Our podcast Instagram is at NoiseAvocation, NoiseAvocation Podcast on Facebook. You can email us at NoiseAvocation at gmail.com. And our YouTube is the same. Pretty much everything, you just type in noise avocation, you'll find it one way or another. Uh, the link tree is like on my Instagram, and we always put the tags for everything in the episode. Yeah, anybody has um, any suggestions, 
questions or comments, feel free to email, message, comment, whatever you got to do. I've had actually more people than what we have been reaching out on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Tagging in stuff and saying that they like the show. And it's people that I have no idea who they are, like just out of nowhere. Which is cool. Like, yeah, I'm glad shout to, out to the fans all over the world. We appreciate it, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm glad to see that people are enjoying what we're putting out. And this episode is a fucking banger. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you doing and making this corny joke? Oh, uh, sorry, man. I, I had to. It. I should have cued in the little drums there. But, uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, we have Stu Bangas here with us, uh, Stu Ferrigno, uh, Arnold Schwarzbanger, Stu Vester Stallone. I don't know if he has any other nicknames that I don't know about. We got to do one with Van Dam somehow. But yeah, uh, anybody who's not familiar with Stu Bangas, uh, he's worked with Jedi Mind Tricks, Army of the Pharaohs, Apathy, R.A. the Rugged Man, Vinnie Paz, Capadonna. Uh, self-titled Ty Ferris Ill Bill yeah Ill Bill and countless other artists I mean like when you really dig into his catalog like he's got yeah he's worked with fucking a lot lots of, of beats out there and a lot of the people that he's worked with most of them if not all of them are it's all fucking like quality fucking lyricists you know yeah they does I've never really seen a Anybody collaborated with him that I was like, oh, I don't like this guy. Exactly. Like, even if it's people that I don't know, like, you see Stu's name on it, you check it out, you're like, oh, shit, like, this is good. Um, For people interested who are local, I will have uh, a bunch of his albums in the store here in the near future. We're working on getting those, talking with him, trying to get them in stock here. And so after, probably after this upcoming record show, um, I'll be working that out. So if you like what you hear, definitely come in, support the store, support his music. But before we jump into the interview, we're going to preview a track off of his Stu Ferrigno beat tape. And the track is called Rock Out. This project was, I didn't know this, uh, but it was accumulated of like older beats that he did, like 2015 or 16, I think he said. Okay. And uh, I don't know. I really like. One, I I like the punny names. Like, I think that shit's clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was originally, I was like, oh, that's funny. Uh, The artwork on the cover is really cool. And just the beats in general, I mean, like, it's a... I really like the mixtape. And I think this was, like, a good intro for anybody who wasn't familiar with his sound. Oh, for sure. Because he's definitely got that, like, old-school boom-bap sound. Like, you can tell what his music was influenced by. This is the Rock Out by Stu Bangers.
Stu Bangas, what up, man? Thanks for jumping on the show. I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Of course, man. Thank you for the invite, guys. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, just for anybody who may not be familiar with your stuff. Like, how'd you uh, first start off getting into beat making? Um, I started with getting turntables first when I was in college. And so I kind of started with that, learned how to blend and cut and juggle a little bit. And then a friend of mine that I knew since first grade that I was still in touch with had bought an MPC uh, 2000 XL and he mastered it pretty quick, like how to chop samples and stuff. And um, he actually did beats for uh, Noriega and um, damn, like nature dudes like that way back, way back. Like this dude's like a really, really smart dude. I've lost touch with him over. He went to prison actually for a little bit. Um, his name was Chop the Rock, but he was, he taught me how to chop samples and everything. And that was like, I don't know, I was like 21, 22. So after that, I kind of just ran with it. So how old are you now? How long have you been doing it for? I'm I'm 42. So I got my first MPC when I was, I think I was 22, 23. About okay, the, 20 about years. In, yeah, about 20 years in it. Uh, you're from uh, Boston? Um, where in Boston did you grow up? I'm actually from Vir- Northern Virginia. Northern like Virginia. Alexand- okay. Yeah, Alexandria. Like kind of outside, of, close to D.C. by about like 20, 30 minutes. And then um, I moved to Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts, Boston when I was 21, 22. Okay, okay. About that, about that. yeah. And then I, I lived in JP, and then I lived in, um, in on Com Ave near like BU in uh, Brighton. And then I lived in Quincy, which is like a suburb, kind of like 15 minutes out of Boston. And then I just ended up moving my family to like near Plymouth, Massachusetts, which is south of boston like like 40 minutes oh dude yeah like it's probably like super quiet down there eh? oh it's awesome it's just like the woods and nobody to bother you they got good schools for my son yeah, and then yeah. i just can just chill, make beats and go to the gym and just chill man so how is that like uh one of my questions was like so if you've been making beats since like your early 20s how long did it take before you started being able to live off of your beats it took a while for me, but I mean, I wasn't, I've been doing it full time for four years about now. Okay. I think I could have possibly expedited that, but I was being, you know, you really got to put in a lot of work. You got to make it like, treat it like it's your, your second job kind of, if you have a good nine to five. And then, you know, I was decking around drinking and partying for a lot of that time when I, before I had my son. And then when I had him, he kind of turned, kind of turned me around. But at the same time, when I had my kid, I was like, Oh shit! I gotta make sure I have. I'm making money, so you know, I got a got a different job, and then, but then after the the album with Bill dropped in Cannibal Hulk, that one did well, and got my name out there a lot. And then I did an album with uh, Bobo from Cypress Hill, and things started to pick up around that time. And then, yeah, so I bought that seven inch that uh, Ill Bill. What if Hulk was, mm-hmm. was a cannibal? Like the cover with the like main, like the Last Supper or whatever. Is that is it that yeah. one? Yeah, that shit's dope. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, that was like another question about like I w- I was gonna add we're both fathers, and uh, have sons mm-hmm. of uh like I have a almost sixteen year old and Ryan your son's what thirteen almost 13, yeah, so that was like a question we had is how did that affect like how did that affect your art and obviously fucking made you buckle down and like just put out some shit eh. 
Yeah, definitely. For me, I took it um, as a time to like stop fucking around and no more drink. I quit drinking. I quit doing recreational party drugs. I quit quit smoking cigarettes. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, when you're doing that type of shit on the weekend, you're not making beats. And then when you wake up, you feel like shit. You don't want to do anything. So, you know, and I got back in the gym and just kind of, he kind of made me turn my life around, you know, slowly but surely. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, man. It's a good thing. It's a blessing. I was 18 when my kid was born, so I had no choice but to like, okay. Oh, you were young. Time to get your shit together. Yeah, I was 22. (laughs) Yeah, I was was almost 30, so I had some years on you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely puts things into perspective for My you. wife just turned 42. Yeah. So your like son the, makes the milfs, yeah. Though, yeah, yeah. Uh, young Bang, as he goes by, for anybody listening. But did, did he approach you about making beats? Like, see you messing around on an MPC? Or was like that something that you guys just kind of randomly picked up together? How'd that bring about? Yeah, I mean, when he's a, he's almost a teenager now, so when he's at home now, he's kind of just doing his thing, yeah. you know, on, on his PS5 and chilling, other than, like, when we're, like, watching wrestling or, like, you know, eating dinner. But when he was younger, he would always be around me and stuff a lot more. So he would be in there when I'd be making beats. And he got good rhythm and shit. And um, I've been playing him rap all the time since I don't know how old he was. So when it was, like, that COVID shit hit, and yeah. everyone got sent home from their jobs. That was that was right around the time I quit my job, actually. So it was at that time I quit my. I didn't. I didn't go back to my job. I started doing this full time then. But when he got sent home from school and I got sent home from work, I was like, let's just see if we can get something cooking. And I started showing him, and he picked it up quick. Like I'm, I don't really have him programming drums in, intricately right now, but he can chop a break by himself. He can chop a sample by himself, and he can he can lay it down. He's got enough skill to do that, like, easily. Shit, so that's dope. That's where we're at with it right now. Yeah, man, he's good. He's good at it, too, so. Yeah, I love his producer tag. It gets caught in my head every oh, time I hear it. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, some people s- have said that online. Like, some, some dudes, like, my, my daughter thinks it's, thinks it's awesome. She walks around saying it and stuff yeah, like that. So. I like, it randomly pops off in my head. Just like out of the blue, I'll be like young bangers. I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. That's yeah, that's awesome. cool to have with your uh, have that connection with your kid for sure. Did he start off on the MPC one that you've been using? Um, we started with the MPC 2000 XL. It was right before I wouldn't say right before, but like a year or two before I switched over to the MPC one. But the MPC one's so much easier to use. It's yeah. right, it's like light years easier. So. Yeah, one of my friends had a live for a while, and then he also had the Renaissance and the 2000, but not the 2000 XL. Or it might have been the 2500, actually. But uh, Mm. I've seen the difference of, like, how you load up your drums, how you can, you know, mess with effects, change the pitch of this or that or the other. Like, it's on the fly now instead of having to have your laptop Mm -hmm. hooked up, change it on there, and then it definitely makes it a lot easier. Yeah, that's like you said, on the fly is a good way to put it. You can make a beat like literally in real time. And then like the way you can chop a sample is just it's like so much more yeah. intuitive and easier. You ever seen a, there's a dude by the name of Jimmy Black on Instagram. He does like crazy finger drumming on the, um, on the MPC live. His shit's real cool. I'll send you a, his link on Instagram. That's still, um, I've seen a girl doing that too. And she like, she teaches people or something. She's nasty with it. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen you make some YouTube videos to teach people, too, like, 
um, how to make a beat. I've seen a couple videos of that and other things that you've done around your house. Yep. Were you doing those during the pandemic and stuff? Um, not necessarily then. I've done I've done some just at various periods. It's just like I find that that gets good engagement on YouTube. People seem to like like how to type of things. Right, right. Just gets. I don't know if it goes up further on the algorithm, but I get more views on something like that than just me like doing a beat on the NPC. Like those, those are better for like Instagram, I find and stuff. So yeah, I mean, normally you got to pay for something like that. I could see definitely how it would be a little more popular amongst your videos. It's hard to get a YouTube channel going yeah. with all the shit that's out there. Well, like as a fan, like you know, so you're listening to a song and you you get immersed in the beat or whatever, but then when you click on youtube and he can see you in a kitchen making it or wherever you know what i mean it's like it's just crazy how mm -hmm. how you can uh you know you paint your picture but then you're just chilling in your kitchen you know you wouldn't expect that uh, that's where you cook though yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's crazy but but yeah no that's a dope that you uh you know you show that side of it you know what i mean yeah i've actually got um a little patreon page going for it's all for dudes that make beats so i post some exclusive stuff on there for them and um you know samples and answer their questions and stuff like that oh, so that's, that's so that seems to be building up pretty good yeah cool yeah i'll add a link to that in the episode description when we post this for you oh dope appreciate it so what are some of the producers in hip-hop that got you into making beats early on um first definitely dj premiere and then after him, like Alchemist, Muggs, RZA, um, who else? Pete Rock. Those are some of my favorites. I like some Modilla stuff. So many that I like, but I would say Primo and Alchemist for me are the two main, main ones. And you have like some sort of friendship with Premier at this point, don't you? Yeah, he's a good dude, man. Like he's like surprisingly cool. Some of the dudes aren't from that era aren't really as cool and yeah he he's like showed me love publicly like said i got dope beats and like he called me like arnold schwarzenbanger he's like, <laughs> that's he's like he's, yeah yeah dude and he, he like made a video and posted it on his, called that yeah it was pretty sick man like that was like i don't know it was just like wow that's <laughs> an awesome moment yeah i mean if that's like one of your idols going Fuck into yeah. it and then he's acknowledging you i can't imagine what that's like yeah, it felt pretty awesome, man. Because then it's like, you know, one thing that when you make beats, there's so many guys making beats now. And I don't uh -huh. know if it's like, I don't know if it's like dudes getting frustrated that they're not where they want to be with it. And they kind of take it out on other dudes that they like, they maybe see that you're doing, you're making a little more noise than they are at with the beats. But there's a lot of negativity in it, like coming from other beat makers and shit. So when... When dudes will say shit, I'll be like, oh, well, he likes my shit. So, you know, I'll, t I'll take that. So, and it's, it's just something I can point to just to like kind of make fun of them back and stuff. Right. Well, so, you're, not doing, you're not doing anything. Your beats suck. And I'm like, oh, well, he, he likes them. So, yeah, you know, fuck you. I'm, I'm good. I would yeah, hold kind of, it's kind of a nice way of saying fuck you, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. His opinion's held in higher regard for sure. That yeah, sucks, definitely. though. Like, all that fucking hate, hatred and not like collaborating with each other. You know what I'm saying? hip-hop's competitive like i know that, man. it's just crazy hip-hop's every year anywhere you find any and where it's competitive like you said like 
and for instance, like I'm, I'm, um, I like to work out and shit, and work on my physique and shit like that. But, and I'm not like a professional bodybuilder. But if you if you look at those people, are ruthless with one another. Yeah. So it's like anywhere you find com- competition, you're gonna find that. So. Yeah, yeah. It just pushes it, though. I guess. Yeah, I guess you can you can use it as motivation and shit too. You know. But oh, I mean, okay. I don't know. Like as far as social media goes, I mean, which is, what's interesting is like I don't mean to get go on a tangent. No, but go like, ahead. With the, with the internet stuff, it's like people will say whatever to you, like re- reckless, disrespectful shit, and then be like, it's just the internet, bro. Take it easy. And it's like, I don't know, like, because I'm older, I'm 42 now, so it's like, I'm not wired like that. Like, I don't have yeah. the ability to separate the two no, like, yeah, that yeah, effectively. Yeah, no, I feel you. You know, because I'm, I'm like, you would not talk to me like this in real life. No. Like, I guarantee you wouldn't. So I don't know. I have a hard time with that aspect of it. Like when I see something I don't like online, I just don't even say anything. I just keep it moving. Man. Like, yeah. But that's just, you know, to... It doesn't mean I'm better than anybody, but I think it's a generational thing maybe. It I is, don't know. It is for sure. Because I'm like that too. But like. But the era of getting smacked in the mouth for saying some dumb shit has since moved to. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. Like now it's, uh, it's the internet. I can say whatever I want. Yeah, and if you say something back, like, exactly like you said, I can say whatever you want, and then if you kind of respond in kind, oh, you're, why are you so sensitive? It's like, but yeah. wait, I'm just saying like, something similar that you said to me, so I just, I don't get it, man. But yeah. it's, it's like, you got to take the good with the bad. Like, if you're trying to push your shit, you're going to run into that, so. Well, it sucks, because, like, my kid's into MMA, and uh, mm. he likes beating on his friends, and he's been doing it since he was, like, a little kid. And uh, I'm like, you can't do that now, man, because if they get hurt, it's not them, but their parents are going to fucking sue me. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. It's like, that's yeah. the first fucking thing they do. But oh, yeah, man. Times are changing. Times are changing, man. Got to adapt, I guess. Moving on to newer producers, is there anybody out nowadays that's catching your ear? One of my good friends, I mean, I talk to him every day. We both work with Vinny Pazalot, Sealance. He's He motivates me, man, and he's, his drums are hard as fuck, and same type of samples that I like that he he, he uses. Um, sea Lance is one. Um, Apollo Brown, he, he brought me on tour with him in Europe in March, which was a great opportunity dope. for me. And he's, I just got, I got to hear his beats live every night for two weeks. He's nasty with it. Um, Did you like my the, man? J- this must be the place tape that he just came out with. I haven't heard that yet. Is was oh, it good? Man, it's so good. <laughs> Dude, he's nasty. I heard it. Whatever like he was playing year. live was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I've, I found out him on Ugly Heroes like quite a while back, like 2013 ish, maybe. And so mm-hmm. I've, I kind of, it was cool because I kind of got to see him grow into what he is now because he's working with some big name artists now. Yeah, dude. And then over there, like he's been touring for like a decade, like going over there like twice a year and doing his thing like so i got to see it when i went with him that he's like a fucking celebrity over there man yeah. like so he's a good dude too man on top of being a nasty producer so i mean those few those guys and then um my man jay Depina, he's from rhode island he's nasty on NPC. if you if you're on the instagram you should check him out if you haven't already he's he's really good yeah, um we always have a list other of than things that, to check out after episodes so it'll be on my list of to check out <laughs> He's net. There's, there's a dude named DiBiase. He uses the SP, the 404. He's from. Um, he's not new. He's been around doing his thing, but yeah, yeah, I've seen he's nasty, guy. man. Yeah, he's got some shit. Uh, there's so many, man. Like there's there's some I don't even know the name of. There's this black dude I've seen on um, Instagram. His drums are hitting hard as fuck. Like he does the little NPC videos, like 
like I'd be trying to do. And he's just nasty with that. I just can't remember his name. But he, so, and then, you know, um, I like Derringer, some of his stuff that he did with Griselda. Yeah. Um, there's too many. There's so many dope producers, man. Yeah, that's what annoys really me, are. like, when people say that hip-hop's dead and shit. Because to me, like, now there's more than there ever was. It's just you got to dig for the right shit. Yeah, because it's not really popping like it was no. back in the day. You just got to look for it, like you said. Yeah, you're not going to see, like... Apollo Brown. I mean, you might see him on a billboard, but you ain't going to see him on the billboard charts of like number one and like shit like that, like being pushed like uh, like a bigger artist like Taylor Swift or something <laughs> would. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like the exposure. Yeah, like Bad Bunny there. or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And people, I don't know, don't want to take the initiative to dig and look and find because there's. I was just talking to somebody earlier and I was like, I can literally send you a list of 100 things right now to check out. Like, without barely even having to dig for it yeah man and i mean going over there to europe they still love the shit like they were fucking loving like they love that late 90s mid 90s sound like they like the boom bap shit over there yeah. still so yeah there's a huge yeah. i'm in a group with ty ferris who's somebody you've worked with and yeah he's a good dude yeah yeah, I've been in this collector's corner group with him for a couple of years now, and a lot of the people that are in the group are, like, from Germany, Europe. Um, there's a dude from, like, Australia, I think, in there. But they, like, I don't know, they show more respect, I think, than what some Americans do. Because, I, I don't know, like, we come off condescending or some shit, or everything's got to be like, well, this ain't what I like, so it sucks, or whatever the case may be, like... They show like authentic love for all of the hip hop movement that's going on now. Yeah, they do, man. I got to see it. I think yeah. the Europeans just generally appreciate like music and the arts a lot more than Americans because it seems like there's a few scenes that are like that I that are too. fucking huge over there, and then they come home and it's like I'm um, going back to fucking sweeping the floors or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man. I think you're right. So how'd you end up linking up with Vinny Paz back in the day, and how'd that all come about? Because that's how I heard about you, was through Vinny Paz, like, mm -hmm. a Vinny Paz fan, and then, or Jedi Mind to Vinny Paz to you. Like, how'd that all come about? Yeah. yeah. Uh, first, I worked with um with Reef, and, oh, no, no, first I worked with this kid named Dope Nixon from oh, Philly yeah. that yeah, was yeah. in AOTP briefly. Yep. And um, he got Paz on one of the songs. Yeah, he got Paz on one of the songs, and the song did pretty good. Like, it got on a video game. We got a nice, nice check off of that. Fucking and man. then, then I was able, I was able to send Paz beats from that. And at the same time, I did an album with Reef the Lost Cause, and he got Paz on one. And then they, they, they ended up putting it out. Um, Paz's label that he was doing at the time, Enemy Soil. And then it was just I was able to like just talk to Paz directly, and then he got on the song with. Um, on me and Esso's album and we did a video for it we went out there so I got to meet him in person and then we just also became like good friends and shit after that so yeah, he's, he's a really good dude man. he gives gives good advice he's like always looking out like he'll pay you for beats and then he won't ask me for money to feature on my shit and like every song I do with him gets the most streams of any song that I do like cause he's just he's basically like a celebrity bro like yeah, he, when it comes down to it you know, you go. We went to his show when I got back from Europe. His show in Boston, like, sold the shit out. Like, I don't know, it was a, over a thousand people there. Just fucking, they just love the motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, he's nasty, uh, rightfully so. He's, he's ridiculous. His voice is crazy, and, and he's just a good dude too, man. It's crazy. It's like some of the some of the dudes you 
are that are most successful be some of the some of the coolest dudes sometimes, which is cool. I dig Vinny Paz, man. He's got real motivational shit, you know. Yeah, dude. So Definitely. that's cool. It's just kind of fucking like Winston's just kind of naturally built. Yep. Definitely. So after all that, I'm assuming how you linked up with Apathy and Esoteric and King Size Planetary, all them Army of the Pharaoh dudes then was kind of from the Vinny Paz connection. Yeah, yeah, it was all about about that same time. Apathy's and I have remained friends and um Esoteric too and um you know, I mean, App dropped the album that came out in December. That that got good reviews, good good um, feedback on that. Yeah, that and album then, was um, awesome. Yeah, we said on um, we mentioned it, I believe, on our podcast it, when it came out. Is it being fucking dope? Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So, but yeah, all those, all those dudes can wrap their asses off, man. Yeah, I love the um, old apathy self-titled "No Place Like Chrome." That shit. Mm, hell yeah! <laughs> like. Mm. I don't know. They're like one of my favorite duos in hip hop, like because Apathy's kind of got that sarcasm to them, and Self Titles just like super witty with all his punchlines and stuff. Yeah, and Self got that voice too. Yeah, and he sounds like hard as fuck. Like he was yeah. like when I first heard him, I was like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, dude, he's nasty. He's a good dude too. So being you know like your age, early forties, obviously you grew up on the Wu Tang. So working with Capadonna on that third cham- chamber album, how was that? I mean, we were just like a fucking little kid or what? Oh yeah, that was sick, man. Um I just I linked with him from this dude from LA, um, M eighty, and he like he kinda like A and R's records and shit. And I saw him doing something with Donna, Capadonna, like he was chilling with him or something. And I was like, yo, what's up? Like could you see if he would be down to work and he was like he hit me up he's like yeah he's down to do it this Fucking is what a. you know the, the yeah so you know we knocked the business aspect out and then he did the album and like i don't know less than less than two weeks man he knocked it out I mean, he's a pro man i and guess dude. I, yeah we got good feedback on it and he's a good dude man he was straight up professional he was he was a good dude you sent him all the beats and in two weeks he had it written yeah bro Holy it was quick shit that is quick real quick and it was good. He didn't phone it in. Like, he did his thing on that, man. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, Do you have any artists that are uh, kind of on a wish list to work with moving forward? Um, Yeah. Like, Ghostface, Raekwon, um, Nas. I've worked with so many. I've been lucky to work with so many dudes. Like, I got to work with Mob Deep because of off a song with Paz. I got to work with Jada Kiss off a song with Apathy. Um Oh, yeah, that's I got right. to work Jada with. Was on that. Yeah, I got to work with Black Thought with Apathy. Um, I worked with Monch. Like I did an album with Bobo from Cypress Hill, so I've gotten to work with Cypress Hill. Shit. I've gotten to work with. We just did an album with Cypress Less from the Beat Nuts that's coming out this year. So I'm lucky, man. Like I get to work with a lot of dudes that I wanted to. Um, but I would say definitely like Ghostface, Nas, Raekwon, and my son actually got just did a song. Uh, beat for royal flush and he's, he's getting conway on it and I've, I've never got to work with conway and i've always wanted to so <laughs> your kid does kinda, first yeah yeah i'm jealous of that but yeah. i'm like happy i'm excited <laughs> and i sent i sent royal flush that i'm like please put this at the beginning of the song the young bangers tag he's like i got you I'm like hell yeah <laughs> like i know like dudes are gonna be pissed when they hear that shit because there's dudes that will come on his page and be like he ain't even doing nothing this is fake it's like, uh, bro, <laughs> dick do you have to be to like, yeah, 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 that's messed up. 
<laughs> but they do, man, because they get mad. So I'm like, I'm like excited for that to, for that to come out. So I've been lucky, man. I've gotten to work with like a lot of dudes I want to work with. Yeah, that's sick. That uh, Gorilla Dynasty two that just came out. Mm -hmm. I fucking uh, really enjoy the beats in that. Like the the, cre the creepiness you put into it. it's almost like listening to a fucking horror movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, that's kind of what I was going for yeah. with a lot of those beats. Yeah, appreciate that. I can't remember if it's it's not get fooled. It might be full clip or pulverized. Where did you happen to sample anything from either like Vertigo or Psycho? Um, like for the music, or yeah. do you mean for like the um... yeah? No, I, no, I think there's something in there the, that the, reminded me of like something out of Vertigo, like the old, like Hitchcock style movie, and I thought maybe it got it out of there. I wouldn't fucking, I wouldn't fuck with that only because, especially because it would probably get copyrighted. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, when I do sample off records, so it's really, I try to really try to dig pretty deep. Um, but I could definitely hear what what why you would say that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, I was just seeing if you're hearing what I was talking about, but yeah, I fucking. Shit sounds real eerie and cool, different. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, man. I think it goes good with his with his his voice and his raps and shit. Yeah, yeah. That uh, get fooled video I think just came out the other day, yesterday. Yeah, or the day we, before we, we dropped that yesterday. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Thanks, man. What's the future looking like? Um. Yeah. So this year, we've got the album coming next with Psycho Lesson Bobo from Cypress Hill. That's done just mastering it now and then we're mastering this album that chino xl and i did so that'll be dropping either be right before the one with, with psycho less or right after september sick jack and myself got an album that's coming out and then i've got a like a producer album i'm dropping with fat beats that's got like paz rascast timbo king apathy self like so many people on a cycle lesson self got a crazy song on there so that's probably going to be my year those those four albums i've got you know i got other stuff in the works but um i think that's what it's looking like for this year that's still that's a lot of output man yeah man trying to try to drop something like once a quarter or something just to give people something to listen to you know not I don't know, it's like a fine line between doing too much and doing too little i feel like oh so. most definitely I know, like, I know, I can think of some rappers off, off the top of my head that it's almost like you almost put too much out there, you know? Like, we're. Yeah, yeah you man. Because you're asking a lot of your fans there. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you don't don't even have time to digest. Yeah. There's yeah, a... to me, that means that they're, they're like hurting for dough or something sometimes. Like, they keep going back to the well too much. Right. I hate right. to sound like a dick, but no, that's, that's kind of like my yeah, true right. take on it. You know, I'm not mentioning yeah. names. I'm just saying, like, you can tell. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, I, my fans support crazy, but it's like I don't have like a million fans, you know what I'm saying? But like the fans I do have, like they support. So it's like I don't want to like oversaturate and like so I really try to make sure the shit sounds up to par and I try not to ask people, you know, when I drop some I'm, I'm very lucky they support, but I'm not trying to make them fucking buy something every other week, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, right, right. But at the same time, then them them fans will be like, "When's this coming out?" And so it's like it's just a fine line. I thought you said you were doing this. When's this coming out? I'm like, bro, I am. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but it's better. It's so better. It's we're funny. hungry, dude. It's better. We're hungry. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, my I got the best. My fans support it crazy. It's it's amazing. So I just try to like engage with them and like at least drop beats on social media just so they got something to fuck with. Like in between the the, the albums dropping and shit, you know. Well, yeah, these last ones seem to drop pretty quick with the um apathy and then 
Yeah, that yeah. that one came out in December, mm-hmm. and then we dropped this. Yeah, and then we dropped the one with Ali. What is it? What are we in right now? April or May? May. Yeah. So that was yeah, it was like the end of December and then into May. So I feel like that's that's good. Like no, if you give some people, good. yeah, you think I think I was I was always thinking like once a quarter was like a good a good target kind of. So and then some some albums sound better. Like you know, it's hard to drop things exactly how you want. Like the the record recognize Ali album. I would if I had my choice, I'd rather drop it like in the the colder months because that's right. what the, no, the music make, makes me definitely. feel like. I thought yeah. yeah. Yeah, but sometimes it just doesn't work out exactly how you want it to, you know. Right, so. but I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah. There was a dude named Flea Lord that uh, he raps with, like, Conway and is sort of Griselda-affiliated. He did, it was, like, two years ago, I want to say, three years ago maybe. He did one album a month for the whole year, and it was pretty impressive, okay. actually. Like, most of, I didn't listen to every single one, but, like, most of what I listened to was actually really good. I don't know if he just had a bunch of shit banked and kept coming out or, like, how that worked, but it was impressive. But I agree, like, coming out with too much at one time, especially if you're coming out with physicals, like, people got bills and shit to pay. Like, they can't all buy, like, 20 copies of an album every week. No, yeah, you can't. And then, I mean, hey, if you can do it, like, do do your thing, you know? But um, I don't know. I just try to be cognizant of that kind of, you know? Yeah. Now, it works more in your favor, I would think. I would, yeah, definitely. I mean, Jeremy and I both collect records heavily. There's, <laughs> like, every single week, it's like, holy shit, there's, <laughs> yeah, like, $300 worth up. of stuff coming out. And I get wholesale oh, prices yeah. on stuff, and then a lot of times I'm like, shit, I got to buy this, this, and this, and then I got to have X amount for the store or whatever. Yeah, man, you don't want to yeah. leave anybody behind. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Yeah. yeah. So. But I was going to ask, when you're making a beat, like, what is sort of your process? Do you start off with a sample? Do you have a loop? Do you have drums? Do you, or does it kind of just one thing falls into place and the rest come behind it? Um, first, I like to like stock up. Like, I'll dig for like, um, I'll do half the day digging, half the day making beats. So that way, when I sit down to make beats, I got mad drums I want to use and mass samples so I don't have to look for something when I'm when I want to make a beat so when I got all my shit like set aside I mean, I'll find a sample that I want to use first and then I can usually hear when I listen to the sample how what tempo I want to flip it at so then I'll I'll either chop up a drum break at a tempo I know is going to work or I'll program some drums at that tempo and then I'll throw the sample in because I mean you got to have the drums I mean, if you don't have, I mean, although now dudes don't use drums anymore, but for me, like, you got to have drums, bro. Oh, you can't. Unless the sample's got drums in it. You know what I'm saying? It's right, like, right. dang it. Yeah, you know I'm what not, I'm saying? I'm like not the big one on drumless beats. I don't like it, man. That's not a beat to me. So, no. like, the one the one that you said uh, with Lord Go, the pulverized, that's just yeah. a loop, but that's got drums in it. Right. So, right, it's like, right. I don't want to add drums. That was too dope not to use, but I don't, if you added drums <laughs> on that beat, it wouldn't sound right. Right. Oh, yeah. So, but other than that, man, you got to have drums, bro. So, like, I try to get the drums, like, banging and sounding banging and then, like, at a good rhythm. So, and then I'll throw the sample in and then add bass and then usually add some, like, sound effects and shit. How long is that process, like, in a day? You say, like, you know, you say you uh, you dig and then you, you know, build, I guess. So, mm-hmm. what are the a timeline like that, like, hourly or? Um, so, there's this dude on YouTube. His name's Andrew Huberman. And he kind of like, he talks about a lot of science-based stuff, like 
optimizing performance okay mentally phys- physically things of that nature and he i was watching a podcast with him the other day that i or the other week that kind of like illustrated what i was i already kind of intuitively knew but from a more data supported right um aspect it's just like so anything more than like 90 minutes two hours at most like i gotta that's all i really could devote to something at one point in time then i need to take a break and step away but try to do like two or three of those throughout the day 90 minute increments and really get yourself ready like drink some coffee and take like some alpha gpc or something some sort of supplement to help you focus like and put your phone away so you're not on yeah. fucking around and then you can i could make like within that 90 minutes if i got all my samples ready to go yeah two or three beats easily maybe even four, three or four and then so i could come up with like as much as on like seven eight nine beats a day if i really really try but i try to shoot for like two or three or four beats a day and then you can do that within that 90 minute period you know two or three times a day and that's that's mixed down that's tracked out everything so Shit, that's, but you gotta that's have everything ready to go and then, and then the rest of the time you could just listen to samples and dig like for another like hour or two a day and then you can just chill and be on your phone be listening to samples all oh, that's dope i'm gonna use that you know what i mean you don't have to focus as much when you're digging i feel like as long as you got you know stuff to go through so no that makes a lot of sense man because your attention can only be held for so long before your brain gets yeah. tired blah 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 yeah at, at optimal performance before you start cutting corners and being like lazy with shit right so. i need to bring that up to my boss i'm a welder fabricator yeah, right laugh at me if i tell him that shit yeah because you guys got quotas and shit to me probably like, yeah. shit, like you got sucks <laughs> so when you're making a collective of beats and you've got like four or five do you try to kind of theme them around the same sound to make a mixtape out of them or do you just kind of pop them out as they go um i kind of just pop them out as i go um i do tend to make similar sounding stuff i think well, like I mean, every producer has just... sort of their signature sound i guess their sauce I mean, yeah, you got that sound, but I didn't know if, like, like the Stu Ferrigno tape kind of has a certain vibe to it versus, like, something else might be a little bit darker. Right, right. Yeah, that one, I tried to pick beats from a certain era that hadn't come out yet. So that that's, it was, like, all stuff from, like, 2015, 2014, that, that time period. Okay. Um, and then I think I was just doing different type of things back then. But, you know, it really depends on what you're sampling. Like, if I got a bunch of records in from... From, I got a couple of dudes that buy shit from overseas. You know, if I'm going to go through all those, all the beats at that point in time are going to sound kind of similar. And then versus if I'm digging like online with those like dudes who make sample packs and shit. Yeah. You know, certain beats might sound similar at that point in time. But that's, you know, and then you send it to the rappers and then you're kind of at their mercy at what they pick kind of. So. Right. They'll grab a few here and there and say send the next batch sort of thing. Yeah, kind of. I mean, to make an album, you got to, some of these dudes, you got to send quite a few. Um, I mean, working with rappers is like, it's a process. Some of them are just very interesting people. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. I would imagine that there's some egos being tossed around there. Yeah. And then, especially when it's like, it's like, bro, like, do you really have reason to be so high, like, such an ego? Like, if you look at, like, your place in this, not to say, like, I'm like measuring dicks or anything like with, but it's like I've worked with like, like you take Paz for instance, like that dude has a reason to be like, right, have an ego, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. he doesn't really, unless you unless you like disrespect him, you know what I'm saying? 
Um, but then it's like you work with some dudes that just don't. It's like, why are you? I'll give. I'll tell you a story real quick if you want to hear it. Um, there's a rapper. I'm not gonna say his name, but he's from the '90s. He didn't make classic out songs. He had. I think he had one single that sold a hundred thousand copies back in the early '90s, and then he had another one that supposedly sold like 240,000 copies. Um, and he worked with a rapper that I really liked, like that I'm like a huge fan of. I don't want to say who it is because I don't want to give, I don't want to like hear the dude out. <laughs> right, like, yeah, I figured. But yeah, but he hit me up okay. on Instagram asking for beats. So like to me, if, you, if you're hitting somebody else up, it's not like, it's like a different dynamic than if I was like contacting you to work. Like if you're contacting me, Maybe check your ego at the door a little bit, like because yeah, I really, you know, yeah, you're whatever. coming to my but house, kind of a little bit, like show a little more respect. So he he asked for beats, and I didn't send any at the time because it was like right around the time when I had to have a surgery last year, so I really wasn't you know on, focusing on anything too much. And right. then he hit me up again. I remember it was I was in the hospital. I'm like, oh yeah, I got you when I'm out of the hospital because I reread the DMs. So I got out. I sent him like 50 beats or whatever. Oh, months go by. Blah, 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 blah. And then he ended up saying, I want this one for an album I'm doing with this rapper, another guy with a pretty big name. I'm like, all right, cool. And then didn't hear anything more about it. And then he brought up, yo, I want this beat. Remember, I'm using this beat with this for this album. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, can I get a song in exchange if you want a beat, if you want that beat? I'll see about it. I'm like, okay. And then he hit me up a week, no, last week. Yo, I need the stems for this beat. I'm like, what's up with the trade? Are you going to do the verse, the the song for me in exchange. He's like, I told you I would. I was like, no, you didn't. You said you'd see about it. So which is, what is it? He's like, oh, I'll do it. Da, da, da. And he's like, but out of curiosity, what do you charge a beat? And I'm like, I told him. And I'm like, I mean, I, I, it's out there for everybody. I charge 600 a beat, right. you know, and I don't do the leasing stuff. I, if I want to do a song with somebody, I want to be involved in it. But I feel like that's a fair price based off what I get from Paz and other dudes like that. So I told him that's what I charge. He's like, "Oh, just for frame of reference, I charge eight thousand a verse, and that's with <laughs> such and such." And and I'm like I'm laughing to myself. So that was good, like screenshot for material for some of my group texts with some of my other friends. And it was like, bro, there were it was like, bro, this dude's never gotten eight thousand for a verse in his life. Mm. And it was like, even at his his heyday, right? It was like Pac was doing verses for like seven grand back in like '94. <laughs> It's like, bro, you're, it's like, and I was like, oh, do you really? I was like, you know what, dude, just, just forget it. I was like, I don't want a song from you. Uh, you can't use the beat unless you pay for it, all right? Oh, and he's like, he said something about, oh, you're going to hold me up like that? I'm like, hold you up? I'm like, oh, I was being very polite. You're getting disrespectful. I was like, why don't you just stop it? He's like, no, I meant hold me up. You know, I, it was mistext. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, if you want the beat, I need the, I need the dough. So let me know. He's like, well, I'll check with all the rapper. I'm like, all right, cool, peace. It'd be it like the like, elves just, on the other side of the keyboard from the fucking E. Ho. Yeah. Hold. Yeah. Come on yeah. now. Cut, it out, <laughs> Cut the shit, man. It's like some of these dudes from that era, like the early 90s, they still think it's that era. Right. And some MCs in general, like I've dealt with dudes like from, I had one dude, I'm not going to say it was, he's like a under, respected underground rapper. Like he's done, does his thing, but we had a disagreement on business. He told me, oh, we were talking on the phone, like arguing. He said, I'm a motherfucking legend. It's like, who talks about themselves like that? So it's just, I don't know, man. Like, I have a love-hate thing going with rappers. And it was funny, like, Apollo Brown said when we were on tour, he's like, I, I just want to do instrumental albums. I'm like, I don't want to work with these dudes anymore. It's like, it just gets to be, like, a pain in the ass, bro. Yeah. So, Out of curiosity, but, and this is nothing against Recognize Ali, because I do like 
his um yeah. verses, but are you gonna put out just the beats from that album? Um, I don't know. I might. If there's like if people like want to hear it, I will. I want to hear it, dude. Okay. Maybe I will. <laughs> he's, he's doing it just for you. I mean, yeah, I was playing it for my old lady and shit this morning. I was like, you gotta fucking hear this. It's crazy. It's like an old fucking horror movie. Oh, where did she like the beats? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, word. that's what's up, man. Thank you for sharing it with somebody else. I appreciate it, man. Oh yeah, I gotta share with my wife, dude. She fuck kill me if I don't. <laughs> oh, dope. That's what's up. That's cool. So without but yo, I don't mean away... to be, I don't mean to shit on all rappers. That's just it's no, just no, some no. of them are, are difficult. I've yeah. met some people that are like that for sure, and then I've met people that are totally humble, and whether they're huge or not, like I mean, I've heard, I've never talked with Vinny Paz personally, but I've watched him talk with other people, and just seeing like the longevity he's had in his career, the people that he's worked with, the tours that he's done, how much he's done, like, and he's still pretty much exactly like how I would imagine he was from the beginning. Like he's still humble. He doesn't have a, this ego where he's like, fuck you. Do you know who I am? Like, don't talk in my direction. He's not Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a, that's a perfect example. And he attributes a lot of his success to being like that too. So it goes like hand in hand. He told me, like I said, he gives, gives me advice all the time, even if I don't not, even if I ask for it or not, yeah, yeah. but it's always good advice. Like that's my, it's like my older brother right there. And he said, when you like, when you want to, when you go over tour uh, with Apollo, he saw, he was like, congratulations. First of all, he's like, but yo, be, be respectful to every sound man, every promoter. If you want to go back, right. it's like the word gets around. And he's, he gave me examples of rappers that we both know. And he and I know that aren't like that. And it's like, you see where they are right now. That's a lot. They treat everybody like shit. So yeah. you can't uh... be like that, man. This is no disrespect to Melly Mel, but, like, I've seen some of this shit that, like, I doubt he's listening to this ever, so I can say it, you know? <laughs> but uh, mm. he's, like, shits on pretty much everybody that wasn't, like, immediately associated with him at that time. And even some of the people that were associated with him, like, he's just, from what I've gathered, like, a disrespectful asshole because he feels like an unappreciated scholar, basically. Yeah, I've seen some of his tweets. Like people have posted some of the shit he said, like and be like, "Is this dude serious?" Like, yeah, and like, and yeah, some of the stuff I've seen. Like, I can't remember anything in particular offhand, quote for you know. But it's just like, wow, are you serious? Like, you were one of you're supposed to be one of the the blueprint layers, like the people who paved the way. Like, but you want people to base that uh, they're like how they're gonna act off how you're acting right now, and you would expect hip hop to be this you know have a longevity in music if you're right. all trying to fight yeah. each other like ain't it ain't gonna get anywhere that's why i like like no, right. from what i've talked to you like you've been very down to earth very cool like ty ferris i've talked to for years now and like he's always been real cool with me and like even esoteric like i've talked with him off and on a handful of times he's always been cool yeah he's a good dude man that's a good dude ty's a good dude too so without giving any of your uh, secret ingredients away, do you have any like particular style of music that you try to hunt for samples in? Um, I mean, I like a lot of stuff off the soundtracks. The rarer, the better. Obviously, put it that way. Okay. Um, not too much stuff music before the 70s because just the sound quality, a lot of it wasn't right. as, up, as good from my perspective. So kind of keep it between like the 80s, you know, 70s era the most. And then I just try to find the rarest shit I can find, you know, that 
you know, and it just give you some sort of feeling to it. Some like kind of like you were saying, like a horror movie for for a lot of it. Like right. I don't really, I'm not don't make too many happy beats. I guess you could say so. And maybe that's like I come from more of like a like a hardcore background. You know what I mean? Hardcore music, like terror or whatever shit like that. That's darker themed anyway, or like metal. You know. Black metal, mm-hmm. fucking death, whatever. So that shit's like right up. It's not like horrorcore, you know what I mean? Like the Grave Diggers and shit. That's what oh it man, that, that album was crazy. That, both of the albums. Oh yeah, like uh, Grave Diggers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit's dope. Hell yeah, man. But that's yeah, that's uh, kind of the in that vein. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, just something that's like catches your ear and doesn't sound run of the mill, I guess, and then just kind of just makes you kind of like. Either want to lift weights or like, I don't know, get in a fight or something. That's like kind of what I go for. Yeah, yeah. Did you put the um, Tony Montana stuff in there, or was that? No, that was uh, Ali. Because I, I would have like, gone for mm. something like a little, little more obscure, but I thought it was cool. You know, I was just thinking on the you know cost. I would have meant to like use that. I would have made it would think it would be expensive to get the rights to it. Yeah, I mean, I think. If we were like selling a lot of records, then we might get flagged or something like that. I don't know. I guess when he uploaded it, nothing happened. No, man. But, I listened to it a handful of times already, and it yeah. it's all good. But it's, I just I th- I figured it was like it's on Apple Music, so that means nothing got flagged. Yeah, nothing got they're, flagged. No, you're right, they're though, the first like, person to pull something. I wouldn't have um, I wouldn't have chosen to use that myself for the same reason you're saying, but. It got seems to got by for now. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> my kid's a big fucking Scarface fan, and so I was like, "You gotta check this out." You know, he likes that shit too. It's funny. Hell yeah, this movie's a classic. Man. Oh yeah. So a lot of your album artworks all comic book, eighties movie influenced. Like, shit. who do you have that does your artwork? I got that fucking book. Yeah, I got to shout him out. It's my man, Vinz Omega, V-I-N-Z Omega, M-E-G-A, Vinz Omega. It's a French dude. I link with him. He did a, an alternate version of the album, the Cannibal Hulk album with Bill. And I've been working with him since then. So I've been working with him since like 2018. Yeah, he's just really, really talented. He can do that style. He can do a more realistic type style. Like he did stuff for me and Drez from Black Sheep. It's like different type of art on it on the sheep's two album and um yeah he can just do basically whatever you want he can do videos so vince omega very talented guy he's kind of like a in the lamore supreme echelon of things like that his style but more it seems like more on the like 80s action movies on like yeah he has an affinity for that type of shit too i mean he's from the same era too yeah so the, um, yeah, he's a really talented guy. Jeremy and I were trying to figure this out. The Death Wish album, is that from a particular movie, or is it a collage of different things, or what is it? It's a collage of different things, but the picture he took of me was from, it was like um, Schwarzenegger from, uh, I think it was Raw Deal oh, from the uh, 80s. okay. And he put my face on it. Yeah, the it semi, there's like a semi-truck, and that kind of made me think of Maximum Overdrive, maybe, but... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He maybe he might have taken. I don't that know, from man. So. We're trying to figure it out, but like you said, there was like Ryan's like I think it's a collage, and then I'm like, 
Maybe it's a foreign death wish and we're looking for it. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what it was from. But I mean, that makes it fun too, you know? Um, yeah, no, I think I think it was a collage of various things on that one. And uh, your Beats and Burritos that you just put out, um, mm-hmm. that cover, is that from a Spider-Man book that you learned no, about? No, that's esoteric, dude. Oh, that's wrong, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's yeah, esoteric. That that. My bad. Anyway, no, you're good, man. I think that that's from a fucking, like a Spider-Man kids I book. I bet it is. No, so, because I, yeah. I'm pretty fucking sure I had it. And like, I was like, I learned the days of the week from that fucking thing. But yeah, I bet comic it is. book and hip hop, dude, I apologize for mixing you all up. Oh, that's no, because man, I brought good, up Esso and you were like, mm-hmm. I forgot that book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't get <laughs> to listen to Burrito Beats yet. I bought it. I got it. Yesterday it came in the mail. I got one of the autographed ones, but I didn't get a chance to play it yet. But it was all stuff that he sure, did. I didn't know that he made beats. Yeah, yeah, he's been he he dabbles. He's been dabbling for a while. I seen that because I love like he's another one where his voice, his accent, his flow, it like stuck out immediate. To, right. I was like, dude, who the fuck's this guy? Like having all those crazy rhyme patterns. Yeah, dude, he's nasty. He said some shit on that that AOTP song. Oh fuck. His just he just got crazy lines, man. Yeah, too many. Yeah, and the, I think his accent adds to the way he can flow because he's got that boss yes. accent. He's like a, yeah, because he can make certain words sound different. Yeah, too. it's like the Andre three thousand thing. Like you can enunciate certain shit. Yes, but yeah, only he can get That's away what he with said. It. I'm Betsy. I'm Betsy Ross. I'm Betsy Ross off the Zola flow insane. Something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, it's yeah, nasty. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just crazy, man. He's a good dude too, man. He's a good, good motherfucker. So, also, your merch is all kind of like '80s influence, like Thundercats, Predator, GI Joe, Back to the Future, that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you collect comic books, or are you into series or anything like that, or is it just kind of like a, a childhood love sort of thing? Oh yeah, I mean, I subscribed back in the day to. You could subscribe monthly, and they would get sent to you um, Uncanny X-Men and Quasar and Web of Spider-Man and New Warriors. But, I mean, since I got older, I've been able to buy a lot of shit that, you know, I bought full sets of things from that era off eBay when I, since, you know, now I got more money. Right. So, so I got a bunch of shit. Then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could, but I had at some point I had to stop buying shit because it's like i'm spending too much money here on, on comic book <laughs> fucking whole oh, room yeah. of comics dude hell yeah bro too many man yeah we do that shit with records too yeah it could be like that with records too but i find what i do with records especially the stuff i want to sample there's some stuff that i will not part with but a lot of it i will resell after i sample it and then i'll but i'll keep that money in my record fund that i can buy more you right, know what i mean right. but i can't just keep 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 spending you know oh dude yeah you said that you had a couple people that you buy stuff overseas. Do you have any record stores in your area that you try to hit up to dig for stuff? I did when I lived like in uh, JP and I lived, especially when I lived near BU, there was like in your ear records, there was Commonwealth records. There was, um, what was that other one? There's a few, man. Getting and I would just go kids. there. Yeah, but now that I'm out in the cut, man, it's like I'm not driving into driving into Boston's like you'd rather be fucking 
dead, bro. It's just <laughs> awful. Like, it's like I'm not doing it, bro. So I just uh, I just buy shit off my homies online. And then when I was in Europe with Apollo Brown, we got to dig a little bit. So that shit dope. would be fun, but, dude. Um, I, I, yeah, bro. I used to love overseas. it though when I was younger. I would I would take the train and go and fucking take my portable record player with my vest text with me. And you could, some of them are cool. They let you listen to shit in the store, so you don't have to end up wasting fucking hundreds yeah, yeah. of dollars on records that have nothing on them. You know. Yeah, we got a couple old forty-five collectors that come in here that bring their own portable players and sit there for hours, dig through stuff, listen. It was cool. Yeah. First time, first time I seen it happen, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I've only seen pictures uh, of these guys. Yeah, bro, I used to do this. I still got my fucking. It was called a Handy Tracks, the one that I had. Yeah, his. I don't know what the one he had was. It was a. Uh, it would play seven inches and full size records. That's dope. So if somebody's looking to get a beat from you, how do they go up and hit you up about it? Um, so on my YouTube channel, it's at Stu Bangers. You can go on there. I got a playlist of a bunch of beats. I update it almost daily. And it's got the terms for what I charge, how to contact me. It's brutalmusicbeats at gmail.com. So that's where you can hear everything. And um, if you want to get at me, the price is 600 a beat. It's exclusive. If I like how the song turns out, I'll help people promote it, push it. So that's one way. Then my son has his beats, Young Bangers, on BeatStars at youngbangers.com. And he's got all his shit on there. He does the leasing and the, non- the non-exclusive and exclusive. And his, pr- his prices are from like starting from 30 at the, the lowest to up to like 250 So if you can find him on BeatStars. So those are the, those are the two main ways. So when you say leasing, what is leasing a beat? Yeah, exactly, bro. So like, it's something that it's like a concept that derived well after I had been making beats. It's basically producers will and MCs want it. It's like MCs that don't really have a budget for, but want to put out music. Uh-huh. Um, they'll they'll pay like thirty, forty, five, fifty, whatever the the price is for a beat, but it's not exclusive. The producer can resell it. Okay. To multiple oh, MCs. And okay. I'm not really, I don't do that with my stuff um, because I don't want to. I don't want to cheapen the product. I don't want to like right. oversaturate things. No, you dude. know what I mean? And I want to end up working with dudes that don't, the song sounds like total shit. But I mean, my son, we're looking at it more as like, he's made a good amount of money off it since we started a few years ago. Like a good amount of money, especially for a kid his age. And we're using it more as a fund to save for him to go to college and, or start a business when he's older. So kind of looking at it differently with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's going towards fucking something else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen some of the screenshots and stuff. He posted uh, him selling beats and I'm like, damn, kids making money. Hell yeah. Yeah. He's doing good, bro. Thankfully I've been able to save it all. There's like a, we got him a couple of I-bonds. Those are those, you keep the money in there for like three, four years and it, it keeps pace to interest with, with inflation because otherwise, if you're not doing that our 401k, like your money's losing value uh-huh. like daily. All right, so one question we do ask everybody that we get on the show, since Jeremy and I both listen to pretty much every genre of music or at least dabble in a little bit of it um mm-hmm. what's something that you listen to that uh people really wouldn't expect or is sort of a guilty pleasure sort of thing um that they wouldn't expect probably like i like uh queen i like i did like guns and roses a lot when i was younger not as much anymore i like some I like Rage Against the Machines first album. I like that dude Bad Bunny, man. He's like the most streamed artist in the world right now. 
and it's yeah. like trap shit and he's speaking in spanish but i don't know dude the dude's got he's, he's got some shit man it's crazy I've so i was you know I was, around a bunch but i've things. never listened I'll to you. check that out yeah i haven't i checked him out because he's me and my son are really heavy into wrestling and he he was at the, the latest um wrestling event that was in oh, puerto rico okay, but, okay. yeah so he, he he was wrestling on the card so and those but like i like i love old queen freddie mercury and um like he was just a talented motherfucker and uh, i would say probably probably those are the ones i would list i was wondering if west side gun has anything to do to help out wrestling becoming more booming again because it seems like since the griselda movement like wrestling i mean there's people that never fell off it but it seems like there's a lot more fans now yeah, I mean, they they just sold the company for like seven point five billion dollars to the company that owns UFC. Yeah, so, I read about that. Yeah, and I, you, you it's funny you'll see Westside Gun at every like, front event, row at a lot. like all of them. Like I, I follow him on Instagram, and he'll always have a live video, like him and an entourage of people like chilling, at, like watching people walk down the aisle into the ring and shit. Yeah, dude, he's a big fan of it, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It's cool though, cause like he's doing like a lot of shit between music and fashion, and like he's out like still doing what he enjoys. But now he's got the money to go like go check it out front row. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome. And speaking of wrestling, I'm actually lucky. I got a shout out my man. His name's MVP. He's a wrestler. He manages this dude named Omos in the WWE now. He's like a seven foot four Nigerian dude. And uh, we got a record coming out. We got Paz on there. He raps too, so we got Paz on there. We got um, Nems and Poison Pen. And um, oh, nice. Yeah, that's gonna be. And he got my son backstage at the the Raw in um, Boston like a few months ago. Oh, it was when I was so... overseas, but it was sick, dude. He I got to meet all the fucking wrestlers and shit. And he's he was on TV and shit because he was like front row and he can't miss because he's a fuck he's like a flaming red ninja. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it was it was cool, man. Shout out to my man MVP, man. He's a good dude right there. Yeah, I've my son got into wrestling like a while back, and I was watching all the old episodes of like Raw's War and stuff with him. But I had to go and like download them from somewhere because everything mm-hmm. you have on now like they censor all the like the impact and the blood and everything like they took it out like if you have peacock oh that's corny i didn't know that that's fucked up i was watching an episode and like somebody went to get smacked with a chair and it like it cuts a frame so like you see the smack but you don't get to hear like kind of feel the impact and it cuts and then there was like certain scenes that i was like man i remember like this happening like what the fuck that just happened in between there and then i went back and downloaded it and was like oh shit they cut everything out of there that's fucking weird it's interesting they um the one they just had in puerto rico brock lesnar started bleeding in the match and they showed it so then bobby lashley started bleeding on smackdown on friday this yesterday so it's like i think they're bringing the the bleeding back now well and uh Dude, like the UFC ratings are fucking huge now, and it's like you gotta show blood, man. I mean, you have to, yeah. Well, back then you they were to. they were cutting themselves, oh, razor yeah, blades like man, to make mankind the blind shit. shit. Yeah, so I, yeah, I know they, they, they were got rid of razor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that that's, that's what illegal the, now, but it, I still think they should show, like, especially on TV. Like, if somebody's going through a table, like, I want to see them <laughs> go through that fucking table. No, definitely. I mean, I don't know if they're bringing it back or they got. They, I think they got away from it for a while, like the PG era, and yeah, then. Right. But I, I feel like it's. I feel like it's coming back now. Like at WrestleMania, they had a tables, ladders, and chair match with Edge and this guy Finn Balor that we like a lot. And uh, I mean, that dude, 
he threw a ladder at the dude's head and it, it, like you could see that his hand didn't go up Balor's hand didn't go up fast enough yeah. they had to like refs had to like like go oh, is this dude all right like he was bleeding profusely yeah, so i like the shit like that you know right yeah that shit's so. no joke man it's not, yeah, this shit's for real, dude. Like, I mean, it's scripted, but it's for real. It's Yeah, it's scripted, and people give it a lot of shit, but, like, you got to think of even to do some of the stunts that they're doing, like, the athleticism that goes yeah. into that is more than you sitting on the couch bitching about it. <laughs> yeah. I know, dude, for real. Dude. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, got, um, I was at this Comic-Con one time, and they had a bunch of wrestlers there, like Goldust and uh, Booker T and just... Uh, Kevin Nash, which I, I'm 6'4", and uh, most people don't really make me feel that small, but, like, I stood next to Kevin Nash, and I was like, dude, this is the biggest fucking human I've ever <laughs> stood next to in my life. Oh, dude, he's got to be, like, 7 foot. I'm 6'4", too. Um, the, he's got to be, like, 7 foot. And there's this, so there's a dude that lives down the street from me. He's He went to Boston College for basketball, and his brother was on the Warriors. His name was Bill Curley. And oh, his shit, son, really? I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. His son. So his this kid's nephew. This kid's uncle is Bill Curley, and I coached this kid in soccer. His name's Oliver, and he. I seen him the, and I haven't seen him in a f- couple years. I was going through my divorce, I had to move out and shit. And I came back. I'm back in my house now, thank- thankfully. And I was out going for a walk, and I seen him getting off the school bus the other day. I'm like, this kid's already six five, and he's only twelve. <laughs> That's he's, crazy. He's, he's probably gonna be like seven foot, like like Bill was. So it's yeah. like it's just crazy, man. Yeah, he was huge. Like his whole his arms were like the size of my torso. It felt like like I was just standing right next to him while he was signing autographs, and then we talked for a minute or two. And like I was like, dude, this guy is fucking massive. And it was oh funny yeah, dude, Kevin Nash, Diesel, they, bro, he was the man, dude. I know. <laughs> and they had like the the original Michael Myers there, and then the guy that played the new one. And the original one's like real short. Dick Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> Or no, 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 I'm sorry. The second one, not Dick Wagner, is Tony Moran. Oh, okay. And uh, they're, like, talking shit to each other over across from each other's booths. Like, one even signed over his autograph and was, like, the real Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> like, as a joke they were talking shit, or were they, like, yeah, for real no, like, no, they were. Shit? I don't know. Like, it felt like a joke, but then as it went on for, like, a little bit longer, I was like, like oh, I think this dude's real? about to start, like, pounded. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking crazy. And we kept walking by Booker T's table and like yelling sucker. And then finally, <laughs> finally, I got him to do it back. And I was like, fucking finally, dude. I was like, I've been yelling at you for an hour. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Booker T, and he was in that group Harlem Heat back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Awesome, dude. Yeah. And my friend had that. I don't remember if it was Booker T, but Gold Dust like snuck into bed with somebody in some skit in one of the real old episodes. And uh, it was supposed to be, like, one of the chicks, like Lita or Trish Stratus or something. And mm. it ended up being Gold Dust, like, in bed with, I think it was Booker T, I'm pretty sure. But he bought a print of that and brought it to them to sign. <laughs> like, they were all embarrassed by oh, it. It shit. was funny. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, I like Gold Dust, man. He was a, an interesting character. Yeah, he was actually, like, really cool to talk to like I, I was as a kid when i watched him i was like man this, 
But, oh yeah, that was a weird character, bro. Yeah, it was. Such I a was weird gonna character. say that, but like, um, you guys know more about wrestling than I do, but I do remember Goldust, and I was thinking, man, that motherfucker was creepy as shit. Very, <laughs> you know, like all yeah, and, uh, they made him weird. and like bleached hair, right? Yep, he had yeah, bleached bro. hair. He still had the bleached hair. No shit, like oh, like that. Yep. Yeah, I but he you. wasn't in like costume, so it was. That'd be. Creepy. I don't know. It's like talking to well, he's, Gene Simmons. He's still doing right, the cause... gimmick now, the gold dust gimmick, but it's not it's not like all weird and like right. androgynous. Yeah. It's just like yeah, dressed up in it. But uh and then my son got to meet his brother at when he went backstage, the guy that played Stardust. Because now he's just regular, he's Cody Rhodes. He okay. said he was cool as shit. He said oh, he was shit. a man. He wrestled, wrestled against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this year. Yeah, yeah. I never put that together that that was his son actually. Oh, yeah, that's his brother. So their dad was Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never fucking, I don't know. I don't watch it, like, that often anymore because my kid hasn't been watching it. But when he wants to, I'm always like, fuck yeah, let's watch it. Yeah, but, but that, uh, you said it, man. That's why I'm like, my son loves it, so I'm, like, back into it. Like, yeah. Right. Well, I got him a PS5 recently, so he's been, like, all up in that. Oh, did you get him the 2K23 game? No, he's more he's more into like God of War and shit like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, man, I don't have anything else. I won't keep you too long here. All right. Well thanks for the thanks for the invite, guys. It was nice talking with you. Yeah, yeah it was great you meeting you. Uh keep up the fucking beats, man. This shit's dope. Thank you guys. I appreciate the support, man. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for all you do for hip hop. Um, before you jump off, is there anything that you want to <laughs> say or tag or put out any socials or anything out there? Um, yeah, just anywhere on social media is uh, at Stu Bangers, S T U underscore Bangers. Same thing for Young Bangers, Young underscore Bangers on uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. And just thank you for everyone for supporting. If you like the music, just tell one of your homies about it so we can get the word spread so thank you guys again for having me on and hopefully we can do it again sometime yeah when you, got, when you got upcoming work i'll definitely hit you up about some stuff um and then as far as getting, i said when you got upcoming yeah, work i'll hit you up about some stuff for sure but um oh definitely as far as getting vinyl in the store too i'm gonna reach out to you on instagram about that and we'll work that out definitely man i appreciate it yeah, man, you enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good weekend. Thanks again. You too, guys. Thank you again. Right, peace out. All right, peace, guys.